0: Hitting goals and sticking to it, staying motivated. Why is it so hard? Whether we're talking about quitting smoking, losing that 40 pounds hitting a career goal, writing that book, finishing something up. Why do so many people fall off, lose motivation? Think about the New Year's resolution. Why do over 50% of people fall off within that first month? These things are hard to hold on to, but it seems so great in our mind. Today on the first episode of Success Convo, we are going to discuss, and by the end of this, you will have a better understanding of how to reach that untapped motivation. Welcome to Success Convo. A lot of you know me as Ryan Ingle. I am a fitness coach. Some of you know me as an advertiser. I have worked with over 20 companies to help build their brand up. I'm involved in a lot of emerging markets. To some, I'm a stocks trader. I have seven digital companies. I've sold two just in the past two years. I'm a big promoter of new age finance and self-education, and I'm a big believer that anybody who wants to can achieve their goal. On Success Convo, this is where my business partner, some of you already know her, she has been rolling with me from day one, Kate Carlyle. I'm going to turn the mic over to her, let her talk for a minute, tell you a little bit about her pedigree, her resume, and here she is.
1: I'm Kate Carlisle, as Ryan introduced me. I've been rolling with him for about three years now, and I have a little bit of a different background from Ryan. Uh, Originally a journalist by trade, I went to undergrad, majored in magazine journalism, and have been writing, blogging since that time. I also worked on Capitol Hill for about three years. Uh, Ryan and I will stay pretty far away from politics. Hopefully during the podcast, we have some divergent views on that point, but if we We've make almost killed each <laughs> other before. Let's be honest. <laughs> if we want to make things interesting, we'll, we'll get political. <laughs> um, I'm sure you'll hear more about my political background though, as we go along. Currently I'm a practicing attorney. I worked for the federal government for about four years. Uh, and now I'm working with Ryan and, um, and doing some other things in the in that space, and I'm sure you'll also hear some more legalese <laughs> as we go through. Um, but again, we'll try to keep that to a minimum here. Uh, looking forward to being part of the podcast, Ryan.
0: On some episodes, we'll dig in. We'll talk about her backstory, my backstory, how we both are doing things that we love now, and we weren't for a very long time. So we'll be excited to dig into that. But on the first episode, with some of the questions that flood my inbox as a performance coach, a lot of my business clients also fall into the same trap of lost motivation. And I have put out multiple videos, so many different topics discussed how to get unbreakable motivation. And I feel like no matter what I put out, there's constantly people that will watch that. Um, They they watch all types of motivation and fall off. So we're going to dig in. We're going to hit it from a science perspective. Kate has done her research. She's got three bold scientific-based elements. And we're going to talk about why people fall off, how to avoid it. And at the end, we're each going to give our big takeaway, which will be a theme of success convo. So at the end of success convo, you can always expect a huge takeaway from both of our perspectives. And this is a discussion. We hope that you share the show. We hope that you download it, like it, anything, comment. I mean, you you guys, if you look at any of my social media accounts, you see that I comment back to 95% of everything. Um, I feel like my thumbs kind of get burnt out doing it but i love to do it so kate's also going to be there to take questions everything that we can so without a doubt let me let me let kate kick this off let's break in let's talk motivation
1: So the first thing I want to say, and I think Ryan and I share this perspective, is we get pretty frustrated by when you Google how to get motivation. There's a litany of articles that come up that say, oh, 25 things you should do to get motivation, or 16-step plan to motivation. And to me, and I'm sure to a lot of other people, that just seems overwhelming. Like, I have to go through 16 steps to get motivated? That just seems completely unworkable as a a long-term strategy. So what we want to do today is provide sort of three critical elements because it shouldn't be that difficult. Three critical elements that you need for motivation. And if you're feeling that you lack motivation or that you just can't push yourself to hit that goal or to even take the first step toward hitting that goal, you're probably deficient in one of these three areas. And here's sort of an internal checklist that you can use to figure out where can I improve, what am I deficient in, and sort of what's my next best step to hit that goal.
0: And I promise you there's going to be certain things in here that are going to come as shockers to you because there was a few that were shockers to me.
1: So the first element that I think actually a lot of people have trouble with, and it's something that unfortunately gets imposed on a lot of us, and so it's something you have to be conscious of and have to constantly work to fight back about, is autonomy. And autonomy is essentially your degree of independence. How in control do you feel of your own life and your own decision-making? A lot of people feel forced to do things, whether it be in your job, whether it be you want to lose weight because your doctor tells you you have to lose weight, not because you want to be healthy, but because somebody's telling you you need to do it. That's the worst case scenario is if you feel like you're being imposed upon, you don't feel in control at all, you don't feel at all self-directed, then you resent your goal. You're not motivated to hit it, you just resent it. Do you feel that way, Ryan, or do you get to see that a lot?
0: Heck yeah, and that's honestly, it's probably one of the most popular things that people fall into, doing something that has been pressured on them by someone else. But you're sucking the life out of what that actual goal is or what you wanted to hit. You're sucking it completely dry. I fully think, I think that's a huge one.
1: So one of the things that is important, I think has certainly been important for me, let's take work, for example. If you're in a job and you feel like completely controlled, you feel like your boss is dumping projects on you, you're not doing what things that you're interested in, one way to combat that, and it's not necessarily workable for everybody, but has been for me and I know for a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my friends that, you know, are, are in other industries, is to take the initiative to get involved in projects that you're interested in. Ask to be part of something that actually you're passionate about or ask to start your own project. Work with, you know, bring in a client or pursue that passion project. Find a way to integrate it with your company because whether, whether they or not they're actually encouraging it, they will appreciate that you're taking the initiative to find something new and to actually be invested in something. The more self-directed you feel and the more invested you feel in what you're doing, the more motivated you're going to be and the harder you're going to work to get that done.
0: Exactly. Listen, how many people are probably doing things that they don't want to be doing for 90% of their day? A lot. I'd say almost everybody that I know. My whole friends list is doing things that they don't want to do. And they get that little breathing room of a weekend, you know, a little breath of fresh air. And that's where it comes. They want to write their book. They want to do something for them. It pumps me up so much when I see somebody taking initiative, taking the reins on doing a project that they want to do. But so many people just fall into that trap of not and the societal pressures of the system that crank them down and and force them into, you know, just going through the motions, doing the things that they don't want to do. Of course you're not going to have motivation. What kind of what kind of shit is that? I'll never forget that my boss, I worked a summer job at Costco, and he came up to me. And you can picture Costco. You have the shelves, right? So, oh, yeah. Okay, so the shelves. If you came to the Costco I worked at, those shelves didn't look too hot. But here's to, here's <laughs> how it went down, okay? I was a stalker. I got in there at five AM and this was a, a job in between school, so I was in college at the time. And he came up to me and, and he said, now, no, here's the thing. There was me and three other employees that did that specific job on the racks. So we would get in there and we would have to stock those shelves. And it's funny because they would stock two to three two to three aisles and I would still be on my first aisle. So the boss came up to me one day, and this was like four days in, and he said, Ryan, did you notice that, uh, you know, Billy and Mike are crushing what you're doing? You're not, you're doing one aisle. And I said to him, well, let me ask, are they getting the same pay? We're all getting the same pay, right? Exactly. We were all making the same money. Where's my incentive to truly crush that aisle and you know do whatever he wanted me to do get them done super fast and I understand he's the manager he's supposed to motivate me well he had a, a light bulb golf in his head because I was a bodybuilder and about four four or five days later he came to me and I was still getting done a third of what they were doing and he said Ryan I can tell you lift weights you love athletics you know you're an athlete don't you want to beat them he thought that he had tapped my motivation, but in reality, he just showed me the light. The job wasn't going to be for me. There was no incentive for me to win here. There's no incentive for me to fill those aisles. Let's keep this in mind. I was fresh out of adolescence here. I was about 19, so I cruised out to the ocean and missed my next shift. Okay, It showed me that that job wasn't going to be for me. But think about that motivational that, that motivation that I had learned there. I don't know how many people that would have actually worked on. Probably a you know, maybe the the competitive nature of doing better at a job, but it just wasn't going to be for me. I wasn't going to fall into that hole. You get me?
1: Mm-hmm. The other important piece about this is that if you take that time to pursue something that you're passionate about. So say you have, you know, a standard nine to five job, you're an accountant or you're a cashier or you're, you know, babysitting, and it's not something that you're about. You're really not wild about what it is you're doing on a day-to-day basis. That's fine. Make sure that you take some time either before you go into work or when you get home at the end of the day to do what you love. Say you're an artist, you're a guitarist, write some songs, record some songs. Say you're a blogger, make sure that you get up one to two blogs a week. Spend the time, invest your time to do what it is you're passionate about because it's going to force you to be more productive in both aspects of your life. It's actually going to make you better at your day job if you're pursuing what it is you love at night. A, because you're going to have to be more efficient in what it is you're doing during the day so that you can have that time to invest in the evening. And B, because you're not going to resent what it is you're doing during the day so much if you have something to look forward to when you go home, i.e. the things that you're passionate about pursuing.
0: And a little interjection about that. That's actually the key to the fountain of youth right there. New adventures. It'll always keep you young, keep your mind sharp, taking on new things that you love. Because we change. We grow and change. And it's it's hard to find out who we are. We're we're in a constant phase of learning about each other, of learning about who we are. Okay, So if you're taking on new projects and new ventures, uh, the amount of business ventures that we've taken on has been ridiculous. But when you're taking on those new things, you're constantly pursuing what you, what you love, what you want to do. Passion project, passion projects like the key word there to breaking out of that. It's it's very important that that could be anything that could be whether you love to draw, you know, like Kate mentioned, whatever it is, you have to do it. Even if it's your time. I I can remember every time I was at work, I came home, worked a little bit on something that, that I liked. That's what I did. So why do people fall off of that when they do that?
1: You know, I think they feel discouraged. They feel like they're not able to give it 100%. And so if they can't give it 100%, it's not worth it at all. That's the worst mentality. There's another
0: There's another element here too. monetization. If you're going to work and it's paying the bills, but your passion project isn't, and you can't cut, you don't have the willpower to cut your teeth and find out how to monetize that. Because believe me, every single passion project, you can monetize. But it is the entrepreneur road is a very hard one. So if people can't monetize something if they're working on that art project or whatever it be if it's not paying the bills for them or they're not getting that utter satisfaction out of it to where it can that's another element to think about monetization
1: that's true very true you want to talk about the second element now?
0: let's go into the second element did we tell them that there was going to be three elements? three major elements? we did Okay. let's rock into the second element this is cool So, just to wrap that one up though What do you think? Do you think you're on the right track with that one?
1: For autonomy? Autonomy, yeah. Yeah, I think I do enough of what I want to do.
0: Okay. I think I've, because honestly, I think I've finally fallen into that just in this past two years of really dealing with, because my thing is just dealing with people. I love people when they hit their goal, performing. I love getting them to to get somewhere. So I think I've finally fallen into that position and it really is life changing. Let's kick off number two.
1: All right, so number two, value. This is a big one. Value is feeling like you've attached a point to something. So there's nothing worse than feeling like you're going about your day-to-day, sort of going through the motions, but you don't have a why. You don't have a purpose. So value is making sure that you link up a purpose to everything you're doing. It's attributing value to something, which in turn increases your investment. So Good example of this. I'm going to choose a very basic example, but one that really resonates for me. I've taken two bars now, so I'm barred in two states. The bar is the worst, one of the worst. I haven't taken a medical exam or a CPA exam, so I can't speak to that. But Are you talking
0: about a chocolate bar?
1: <laughs> no, I'm talking about the bar to become an attorney. Oh, that big book you were carrying around. Okay. <laughs> set of right. books. Um, right. It's an awful. It's an awful test. It's probably about a month for many two months of just going into a hole and forcing yourself to do nothing but study. And there's a million tests. You have to remember factors you have to remember criteria you have to remember. And it's like, you can't find enough space in your brain to fit all this information. And none of it really matters to you because a very limited amount of that information are you ever going to use again, depending on what area of law you're going into. Most likely you're going to use about a 10th or less of what it is you learn for the bar. So you have to find some way to give it meaning. Otherwise you're just going to forget it. You have no reason to remember it. So you're going to forget it. One of the subjects that I hated the most was property law. I've always hated property law. It's just dry. It's boring. I can never get into it. So there's this concept called adverse possession. And there's five elements to adverse possession. It's hostile, open and notorious, exclusive, continuous and uninterrupted for the adverse statutory period. I know that sounds like a lot of mumbo jumbo. To me, it was a lot of mumbo jumbo, but I had to learn it. So what I did, I was actually studying for my last bar during the 2016 election cycle. And what I did was I made up a little mnemonic for myself. So the letters were H-O-E-C-S. And what I used to remember that test was a little mnemonic Hillary only eats crabs on Saturdays and that worked for me I was linking up this particular test and the elements of the test to something that sort of had meaning and was funny catchy enough and that's what I used to help myself remember it had I not done that mnemonics are very powerful. powerful had I not done that there's no way I would have remembered that or some other test it just would have fallen out of my brain like water coming out the other ear that's In
0: my g- version of that, the crabs eat Hillary, but that's another
1: story. <laughs> here we go, getting political already. <laughs> I'm, shut up. I'm shutting up. <laughs> First show, and we're already getting, <laughs> r- getting political here. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the main point here is you've got to have a reason. You've got to add value to something. So, Ryan, you want to give an example of when you've linked something to value? Well,
0: I can take a a million of this. Uh, Value can be a lot of different things. And I'll tell you right now, do not get confused on how I got confused over the years. Thinking that value meant specifically something that benefits you. It doesn't actually have to benefit you. If you find fun in something, that can be value. Now, of course, fun benefits you and you can argue me at that point. But I had this stone stone impression that value was something that had to change me for the better when I, I didn't value laughing. I didn't value joy. Now, think about it from a working out perspective, from a fitness goal perspective. If you're in there and some of the workouts might not actually physically benefit you all that much. Now, hold on a second. You might say, well, why the hell would you do a physical workout that didn't benefit you that much? Was it fun? There's a, there's a huge degree of something being fun. Fun has a lot of value. And one of the things that you'll hear from a lot of good coaches, I mean, I say it, I say it here and there, um, but again, I get in the trap thinking that fun isn't value, but it really is. You have to keep it fun. That's a phrase. And that, that could be anything that you're doing, if you find it to be fun, you're going to be so much more eager to do it. I once had an MPC Pro, a big-time bodybuilder, this is back in the my heydays of lifting, tell me that, listen, man, every now and then you should throw in some explosive training, um, just really stuff that didn't make much sense, okay, speed drills and things like that, didn't make much sense with my training and goals because I was trying to bulk at the time and become massive, and he said, yeah, but it's very fun, I gave it a shot, I did it, and I was looking forward so much to just getting to the gym the next day because it was something fun. There's a lot to be said for finding things fun.
1: So I used to have, and still do from time to time, have the worst commute. I sometimes go into the city and I have like an hour and a half with traffic commute. It is God awful. I dread it. It makes my life Hell, I get so angry. Just, I'm not a rage person. I'm not an anger person, except when you get me in traffic. I'm from Massachusetts originally, so I'm what they call a masshole in traffic. I get completely <laughs> ragey. I like completely that. Completely ragey. Um, so, one of the things that I do, I, and I used to just sit there and stew over it and get so mad and like, you know, think angry thoughts, which is not healthy or productive. One thing that I started doing is I, I listened to TED Talks. TED Talks are fantastic. They are motivational. They're, they, cause you to think about deep topics, sometimes off the wall topics, you never would have had a reason to learn about or think about before. So I started doing that. And it's actually a much more productive way to use the time. And I actually, I, I don't say I look forward to traffic because nobody ever looks forward to traffic, but I can actually tolerate it now because I'm not so focused on the negative. I've brought something positive into the experience. And so that for me has been a huge savior.
0: Essentially, you found value in a shitty situation exactly. doing that commute, but you're still getting that 20 to 30 minute piece in there. And I can tell you right now, you found that value will constantly call me about these tidbits that you find that are great. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a perfect time for you to get an audio book in, get, uh, get some stuff done. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I mean, now with my fear of planes, ever since my, my near crash in Costa Rica, I have been, I do that long drive to Baltimore because I'm originally from Baltimore. We probably should have declared that in the beginning because some people didn't know you're from your mass hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I'm from Baltimore, guys. I know a lot of my people know that. But anyway, check this out. I take that drive and I'm in Nashville now. This is a new hometown. I'm loving it here. But to take an 11 hour drive, it's a real bitch to say the least. But I get done three audiobooks. books. I normally get done three audiobooks because I listen to them at a Two x speed, so I'm crushing through these audiobooks, and I mean, I don't forget those audiobooks when I'm when I'm driving. It's like my mind can focus in on that. So yeah, I like that tip, and I like that suggestion of pairing something with value. That's All a really, right. it's a great one.
1: It is, it is, it's a very good one. You want to move on to number three, lucky number three. Move
0: on to lucky number three.
1: All right, so this one is equally important. Last but certainly not least, here is competence, and competence is. Having self assuredness in your abilities and sort of ridding yourself of the self doubt, which can be corrosive, caustic, very detrimental to hitting your goals because you feel paralyzed and unable to move forward. One important thing to keep in mind here is that some people are born with gifts. They're intelligent, they're aesthetic, they're, they're born with certain qualities, positive features. Others, not necessarily. They may be born into a difficult life scenario. They may not be given all of the opportunities that some of their peers are given. The problem is that they get stuck and so fixated. If you're not born with or exposed to early on in life those opportunities or those gifts, you get so fixated on that and feel very down on yourself and sort of stuck in a black hole like you can't get yourself out. And the important thing to focus on is is really that it's effort, it's not innate ability, it's effort that gets you to that next stage. It's effort that fosters excellence, it's not inherent abilities that foster excellence. And there's studies in, in everything from sports to music to academics that have borne this out, that it's really feeling confident in your ability to work hard and to develop those skills that gets you to that next level. And if you have that sense of prowess, which is developed through practice, it's not You're not born into it. It's developed through practice. I'm a very good writer. I wasn't born with those skills. I practice them day in and day out. I've spent a lot of time writing, whether it was just my own personal things, professional memos, things of that nature. Um, That's all helped me build up those skills. And the more I do it, the better I feel at it and the more I want to do it. I have motivation to do it because I feel confident in my own abilities. And that's developed through pure practice. All right. So one of the things that Ryan is very good at is marketing. That was not an overnight success. That was something he has worked day in and day out for probably about three, four years to develop the kind of skills that have allowed him to be where he's at right now.
0: And there are so many elements. There's so many. Did I cut you off? No, go ahead. Okay, There's so many elements of marketing. There's so many aspects. You've got copywriting. You have got the pitch from the front end. You have got monetization. You've got the landing page, the lead in. I mean, I could go on and on about how deep marketing is, about retargeting, things like that. And these are things that <laughs> it took a lot. There was a lot of sleepless nights. There was a lot of bags under my eyes. Um, and this is one key element of business, I think, that everybody needs to know. And it falls back into marketing Monetization, but at the same time, there's so many times when you see someone that will flash that sports car. It's probably rented. They'll flash that that watch, okay, and then they'll say, "You know, this is so easy to do." This is a big problem with social media. Right now, you see the best of everyone, and you know you could go over to Instagram, and we're we're talking about competence. Truthfully, I'm very passionate about this, so this is a, a little bit of a rant, but I feel like. In today's time, it's very easy to just go find out, just go see the most ripped person. For example, you don't see all of the true dieting. They're showing you the donut meals. They're not showing you the the grilled chicken meal but after. They're showing meal. you a
1: thousand one filters over that picture.
0: <laughs> they're show, a lot of you are showing. P- pictures, how many people have been called out lately on the picture game, on like the filter game, right? All of those things. And what this does, it drills it into your head. It drills it into someone's head that, oh, this shit is so attainable. This shit is super easy. You know, they connect that with a supplement, or they connect that with something. I mean, especially how about the the Get Wealthy coaches? You know, they connect that with uh, their course, and how this is all you're going to need. But the truth is, it is so much deeper than that, and so much more complex, and you are going to face, you're going to face a thousand and one failures a thousand and one times you're gonna get your ass handed to you before you get something that takes off and people think they can walk into these things and win and that is a big fall off of motivation that is a huge fall off of motivation. They seem to come out of the gate thinking that because ever, everything else in life has been handed to you you can get anything that you want with a quick Google search
1: You know what I kind of the, the good analogy for that is if you see this beautiful like so you played video games before right
0: I'm a dude course
1: (laughs) all right so you played video games before i would analogize this to if you have this in a video game beautiful portal it looks like this magical rippling portal that you can just sort of blast through and go to the next level or go to a new world and you run headlong for that portal and it's actually not a portal it's actually a brick wall in the guise of a portal that's kind of like what I would analogize too. That's a brilliant analogy. Because you feel like it's so attainable. You, you can just blast through that and then you hit it and it is like a concrete wall.
0: Talking video games, let's do the throwback. The first level of Mario Brothers. You guys remember this. You jump. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You jump over. You jump You jump to the, in the second phase where you go down the stairs. You know, you're actually, this is the second level. You run, you sprint, and you jump over that last little brick wall area and you've got your choice of portal to, to world, I think it's 6, 7, and 8. You can go to the end of the game right there. It was one of the little cool Easter eggs in early video games. Now, let's say that you got there and that you thought, I'm going to take Portal 8 right now. I'm going to beat this game, get a record time. You know, the reality is or you press that button to go down on that warp tunnel and you end up getting blasted out into no man's land. You didn't go to World 8. This is the thing. People jump in. I really like how you put that. People jump into their goal thinking that they're going to come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight, for example, with a fitness goal, and they're setting themselves up for failure. You know, They blast and tell the world, which we're going to tell you what telling the world does. This is shocking to me.
1: That's going to be in another episode, though. We're not going to drop that one just yet.
0: All right. We'll get that in another episode. Hey, she's the boss here. All right. <laughs> they're um, just
1: trying to save some goods for the people for later. I like that. I like that.
0: Okay, we'll hold off on that, but check this out um, And because we could end up going down a whole episode on that, but just to just to say this to you you're not going to get anywhere without failing multiple times you're not going to get anywhere without eating your baseline meals eating properly eating your nutrition whatever your goal is you got to put in work and there's this big hustle there's this hustle mentality it's like go out there and hustle go out there and hustle you'll hit your goal
1: there's nothing i hate more than this whole concept of side hustle side hustle like there's no side you know you should be merging those things together that's your life there's no side it's all collectively your life i hate the whole side
0: side is playing small how quick is life how fast is it do you have time to play small Get your main hustle up I'll never forget you nailed it right and, and I mentioned at the beginning of this you know I've, I've brought up seven different businesses a lot now are joint ventures, thankfully, where we go into other projects with people that can help manage this because I, when I'm trying to when I was trying to juggle so much and I remember I was trying to impress this girl I told you about it before in Miami, I actually was you know trying to impress her with my bravado and I told her you know listen I'm running seven different companies I'm running all this, and you know I might as well have said hey I've got one major company and then I've got all these side hustles. Look at this. Are you impressed yet? She said to me, so she's a doctor, and she had the foresight to say to me, Well, seven businesses. Well, why do you need that? Shouldn't you just have one that's doing awesome? boom. She she nailed me with that, right? It woke me up. I was like, yeah, you're damn right I should. And that's where this side hustle comes into. What are you playing small for? Go big. You got one life. You got one chance to do something. You got one chance to give it your all. And it's very important that you strike. You strike multiple times. And if you miss, you keep swinging until you strike, until you hit it. You don't back down on your goal. You don't run the other direction, any of those things. Go look for a side hustle. You go after what you want.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I want to touch on one thing. You mentioned Arnold earlier and people using Arnold as sort of their physique motivation. And there's, there's something dangerous, but also something very beautiful and productive about having sort of a role model or an idol or somebody you want to aspire to be. We all need that. We all need somebody that we look up to, we admire, we, we aspire to hit that level. That's, that's healthy and productive, but it can also be very detrimental to you because if you use that person as your motivation, you may or may not ever hit that level. They should be your motivation, but you should not get discouraged if you don't hit that level. So, for example, let's take writing or blogging. If I, for example, as a writer, used J.K. Rowling as my motivation, okay, she's a very good writer. She writes amazing books and wildly successful in her career. But if that's what I used as sort of my baseline of what I wanted to get to, The odds that I'm going to be J.K. Rowling are very small. Be a billionaire writer. I mean, she's one in 100 million. There ain't nobody who is ever going to get to that level. And so you have to be both using that as motivation, but also keeping it in perspective and not getting discouraged with yourself that you're not the best of the best. Because not everybody can be the best of the best, but you can still be damn good. And you have to sort of use yourself, you know. Be good for yourself. Don't be good for somebody else. Don't be good to be somebody else. Be good for yourself.
0: I'll tell you right now, uh, <laughs> I, I could, I fall in the middle of that where I don't think you should tell yourself, hey, I can't be the next J.K. Rowling. You never tell yourself that. But I think that there's a 3D and 4D element. 3D is the world that you live in. okay. 4D is another dimension that if you work your ass off, maybe you'll hit. So... Maybe becoming JK Rowling is four D. You wanna look with your chin up and you wanna chase that with everything you got. But you gotta live in three D. You gotta realize that you're not gonna be in the same same time frame J.K. Rowling was. You're not going to have the same gifts that she did. You're not going to know what her work was like. And I'm not taking anything away from J.K. Rowling. She's awesome. But what you have to understand is you can't go getting discouraged because you really are setting yourself up for a massive failure. If that's all you want, you're going to be chasing something that you may never hit. So I don't think that you should totally switch that light off, but you have to understand 3D and 4D. You have to know the realities and you have to go in as hard as you possibly can and keep your head down and grind work you know do it right go after it but yeah I I mean I I, I'm with you on the element of you know you can't you can't set yourself up for failure I mean let's be honest I don't have the the muscle structure that Arnold Schwarzenegger has as much as I would like to have his physique I don't have that muscle structure it's never going to happen for me I'm going to be the best that Ryan Engel can be but yeah that's that's a that's a big reality you and, and I think to combat this find yourself a proximal peer Pick somebody that's better than you, but not worlds above you that you cannot mirror, but that you can take certain elements from. Take certain elements from Arnold's work ethic, but don't compare your biceps to Arnold's biceps. Compare your work ethic to his work ethic. If J.K. Rowling had a habit that she did in the morning before she started writing, you analyze that. See if that habit works with you, but don't think you're going to write just like her.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. I think that's great. So let's let's wrap it up with a key takeaway. What would be your big key takeaway about how to achieve or tap into that hidden motivation?
0: I think you take all these three elements and you put something in your pocket, an understanding of something. Time is a superstructure. Humans have created time that as we know it. There is no true concept of time outside of this atmosphere. We don't have a true concept of it. What am I telling you here? I'm telling you to look at your days, each moment as what matters look at each moment as your opportunity each day as your opportunity you have to live in it don't dwell in the past and don't go too far in the future you have to understand that this is not permanent what you're doing in the moment is what matters motivation is tied deeply to procrastination we're going to procrastinate on things if we think that we need some magic motivation hit some magic moment some everything's got to be perfect i say that you got to throw that out and realize that At the end of your day, understand that death is on its way for you. I know some people are very religious and I'm not trying to go down any religious path at this point. I'm trying to throw my hands up, throw my palms up and say, I don't think we know what comes after this. So we got to take each day and look at ourselves in that mirror and say, did we do what we could today? And if the answer is no for too many days straight, you need a damn wake up call and you got to get yourself back in it. You need a gut check at that point.
1: That's very good. That's very good. I completely agree with that. And I'm going to sort of bounce off that a little bit because I think my key takeaway- Drum
0: roll. Kate's big takeaway. <laughs> we should go to the drum
1: roll. Uh, it's going to be related, but a little bit different. Okay. I, think, um, so I think self-reflection is the most important key to motivation. I see so many people, whether it's your clients, Ryan, or colleagues of mine, people that I went to law school with, You know, a lot of people are always looking outside for motivation, asking, you know, looking for that next big quote. You know, type in motivational quotes and they plaster quotes on their their mirror, which is great. If quotes do it for you, that is great. I don't discourage that. Quotes are only powerful to the extent that you can internalize them. They have to be actionable quotes. So, for example, if you find a quote that you really like, what does that mean to you how can you integrate that how can you use that and it's important like ryan said to be able to take a look at yourself in the mirror and really reflect on Where am I deficient in these three areas? I'm a big list person because I, not because I think that they're, you know, catchy or popular, but because I find them helpful. I find them helpful to structure how I go about my day-to-day is by using lists. And so hopefully here we've given you a list of three criteria that you can constantly use to check yourself and say, do I feel in control of my life? Do I have autonomy? Have I given things value? Do I feel like there's a reason behind what I'm doing? And if not, Find a reason for what you're doing. It could be fun. It could be because it's going to promote your growth intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Find value. Or is it, you know, do you feel competent? Do you have a lot of self-doubt? Or do you feel like you're pretty confident in your abilities and continuing to grow those abilities? Using that as sort of a checklist and finding if you're deficient, where it is you're deficient and working to improve that is going to be far more productive, generally speaking, than constantly looking outside for that source of motivation.
0: Yeah. And here's one last thing. Do you want to know if you have motivation or not? Because some of us might not even know. It might be a question. Well, I want to ask you this. Is what you're doing right now hard? Is it hard? Is your goal hard? Or are you just caught up in this zone where you feel like a zombie and you're just living day to day? Because if what you're doing makes you feel like you're just kind of stuck in a rut and you're doing it day to day and it's not that hard, you are in a bad place. Nothing worth having comes easy.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: We're going to wrap this episode up. I think it went very well. You guys let me know what you think. Share it, download it. You know the you know the drill. We're going to get this podcast out there. We are super excited to go down a lot of business routes some of this stuff will be uber specific to making money some of it will be about hitting a fitness goal some of it will be about relationship goals i think that together we will make an awesome show here kate will be on most of the episodes here we'll see how it how it pans out in the future but this is definitely something that i you guys know me i love engagement from people i love to hear your feedback and you can help sh- kind of nudge the trajectory of where we'll go with these episodes thank you so much for listening kate did you want to say goodbye to everyone or
1: no, I appreciate everybody tuning in and we're looking forward to bringing you some excellent content. Um, chances are better than not that we're going to have some guests on as we move through these episodes. Welcome your comments and, and can't wait to hear what you thought of the episode. Thanks, thanks so much.
0: New episode drops every Tuesday. We will catch you on the next success convo.